From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome aboard. It's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on Tuesday night here on the East Coast of the United States. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malzberg Show on TNT. Well, a very interesting day. Um, An appeals court has shut down uh, Donald Trump's claim of uh, immunity, presidential immunity for everything. So uh, we'll see if the Supreme Court lets that appeals court ruling stand or if they take it up and how they would rule. The president has, I think, a week to appeal that to the Supreme Court. Um, And that's, of course, all in relation to the trial uh, facing him, the one involving the January 6th um, um, events, shall we say. Okay. Also, uh, a lot of stuff going on in the uh, the Senate and the House. The immigration bill that encompasses the Ukraine aid and the Israel aid and the uh, aid to Taiwan, uh, that compromise, bipartisan, wonderful, solving all the problems in the world bill apparently is not only going to be dead in the House, apparently it's dead in the Senate. It won't get the 60 votes required. Republicans are on board in killing it. It looks that way. And of course, the media and the left is going nuts, including including the president of the United States, who made an announcement today, today, then said he wasn't going to take any questions and took one or two questions anyway. So I just want you to hear some of this. Out of one side of their mouths, they say, oh, this is political, can't be political, we all got to come together. And every other word out of, out of Biden's mouth is Donald Trump, MAGA, Donald Trump, MAGA. So <laughs> it's just such hypocrisy. So let's get started. And wait, wait. If you're one of those people, one of the mo- mass majority of Americans who thinks there's problems with Biden's um, competency, you're going to get some more ammunition for your thoughts um, and your beliefs when uh, when we're finished with this. So here we go first. Let's start with uh, he's talking about the negotiations that have been ongoing, that he's been involved with, and the three senators, the Republican, the, the Independent, and the uh, and the Democrat who, who crafted this bill. Here is cut 67. The result of all this hard work is a bipartisan agreement that represents the most fair, humane reforms in our immigration system in a long time, and the toughest set of reforms to secure the border ever. Now, all indications are this bill won't even move forward to the Senate floor. Why? A simple reason. Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump thinks it's bad for him politically. Therefore, he doesn't even know it helps the, the, the country. He's not for it. He'd rather weaponize this issue than actually solve it. So for the last 24 hours, he's done nothing, I'm told, but reach out to Republicans in the House and the Senate and threaten them and try to intimidate them to vote against this proposal. And it looks like they're caving. Frankly, they owe it to the American people to show some spine and do what they know to be right. Says the man who has the power to go back and fix the immigration problem at the border. Again, how many times do we have to say this? He has the pen, the same pen 
that he used on day one of his presidency to erase all the policies Trump had put in place, and he signed executive orders getting rid of them. The two most important ones, reinstating catch and release and getting rid of remain in Mexico. He did that. He could declare an emergency and close the border. He could do that. He makes believe he has no power. And then he goes around bragging, I've... I forgave so many student loans, even though the Supreme Court said I couldn't do it. <laughs> he has power when he wants power. So he makes it seem like he's this victim, just one of the guys who needs the Congress to get things done when it comes to security at the border, and he's a bald-faced liar. And you expect that from him because you don't know he's been doing it his whole life. At this point, you don't know if he believes it, even though it's not true, because of or he's lying and he knows he's lying. But it's not just him. It's everybody. It's the media. It's the left. It's the, the Democrats. They all say the same thing. They're blaming Donald Trump. They're blaming the Republicans. When Biden has the power, doesn't need Donald Trump's okay, doesn't need the Republicans, doesn't need a bill. That's, that's the main thrust. That's the fact or the facts. But, you know, facts be damned. Here is more from uh, our president. Here is This is on Ukrainian aid, Ukrainian aid, which he spent a lot of time on because, don't forget, he lumped it all together. The, the money for the uh, border, Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan. Here is cut 68. For those Republicans in Congress who think they can oppose funding for Ukraine and not be held accountable, history is watching. History is watching. A failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. The position of the MAGA Republicans can be characterized by the New York Times headline. First, and this is the headline, it reads, Trump first, Putin second, America third. That cannot pertain. That cannot pertain? Now he's quoting New York Times headlines to make his case. <laughs> oh, they're all one big, happy, lying family, aren't they? Quotes the New York Times headline. Wow. Okay, then. That's nice. Um, here's more from Joe Cut 69. Republicans have to decide. For years, they said they want to secure the border. Now they have the strongest border bill this country has ever seen. We're seeing statements about how many oppose the bill now. Look, I understand the former president is desperately trying to stop this bill because it's not, he's not interested in solving the border problem. He wants a political issue to run against me. I've all but said that across the board. No one really denies that that I'm aware of. The American people want a solution that puts an end to the empty political rhetoric which has failed to do anything for so long. We have to get the resources to the border to get the job done. So Republicans have to decide, who do they serve? Donald Trump or the American people? Are they here to solve problems or just weaponize those problems for political purposes? <laughs> Again, understand what the left does, and it comes from the radical leftist playbook you always blame your opponents for doing what you are actually doing. 
what you are actually, again, here stands the man, the president of the United States, who on day one signed executive orders that undid the protections at the borders that Donald Trump put in place that cut back immigration, illegal immigration, that kept it in check, comparatively speaking. He undid it, not with Congress, with his pen. Okay, and now we have an invasion disaster, which is what they want. So instead of going back with his pen and reversing what he did, which he can do, or invoking another power and just saying, I'm closing the border, which he can do. Well, Donald Trump won't let the Republicans pass the bill, the the bill and the Congress. I need Congress. You don't need Congress. This is what you need, pal. And he knows it or he doesn't know it because we're dealing with Joe Biden. So the, the sad thing, the sick thing is, he may not, he may believe what he's saying. But everybody else, media, Democratic uh, elected officials, pundits, they know everything that's being spewed here by all of them is untrue. Now, this is what you're going to hear from now until the election, along with the women's right to choose. The government now they telling you what to do with abortion and immigration, especially immigration, which is with the economy, like the number one concern of Americans. Biden tipped his hat. This is what you're going to hear. You ready? Here's cut 70. Folks, we've got to move past this toxic politics. It's time to stop playing games with the world waiting and watching. And by the way, the world is waiting. The world is watching. They are waiting and watching what we're going to do. We can't let, we can't continue to let petty partisan politics get in the way of our responsibility. We're a great nation. It's not acting like a great nation. So I'm calling on Congress to pass this bill. Get it to my desk immediately. But if the bill fails, I want to be absolutely clear about something. The American people are going to know why it failed. I'll be taking this issue to the country. And the voters are going to know that it's not just a moment, just at the moment. We're going to secure the border and fund these other programs. Trump and the MAGA Republicans said no, because they're afraid of Donald Trump. (sighs) Afraid of Donald Trump. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. We have to stop this partisan bickering. Donald Trump and his mega Republican friends. <laughs> we have to stop the partisan bickering. Uh, make up your mind, Joe. Again, everything he just said is a lie. I just can't stress it enough. We are being invaded every day because of Joe Biden and what he did with his pen on day one. And Joe Biden could fix it yesterday, today, tomorrow with this pen. Instead, he'll be going around the country between now. See, it's him. It's he who has the campaign issue now. It's he who's milking this for political gain. It's he who knew all along this bill would never get wide-scale support, would never pass the House. The House would never accept it, the Republicans in the House, because it's a farce. 5,000 people a day could come in, and then it's bu- that's business as normal, as usual? 5,000 a day? He knew this couldn't pass. So it's not Donald Trump who wants to run on this. He just said he's going to run on this. 
Again, accuse your opponents of what you are doing. Simple, simple, simple. It's always been the case. And uh, can't you hear uh, Barack Obama saying the same thing? Uh, you know, <laughs> it was a bit of the best bill, and uh, I could never get it done. Joe Biden got, got, got it done, and, and uh, the Republicans said no. I could, I, could, uh, oh, I could see it now. I could see him there with his sleeves rolled up, the bullshit crap coming out of his mouth as he opens his mouth. I caught myself. Not easy to catch yourself, you know, unless you got a big mitt. Um, all right, so now get this. He's going to say he's not going to take questions because he's going to take questions Thursday. And he didn't take questions on this. I'll give him that. But he does take a question, as you'll hear. He does. He ends the press conference. He takes a question on um, the negotiations between Hamas and Israel to release the hostages. And by the way, there are reports that Israel has uh, confirmed and told the loved ones, the relatives of about, I think it's 50, 30 or 50 hostages that were believed to be alive that are now confirmed to be dead. Israel has found that out and they told the family members. Um, I saw that reported in several places. But the, the this deal, which I don't think there'll ever be a deal, um, anyway, he doesn't remember the name Hamas. He doesn't remember the name Hamas. Watch this whole thing. We'll talk about it. Here's cut 71. May God bless you all. May God protect our troops. Folks, you're going to ask me questions. Hang on a second. I'm going to be back on Thursday. I don't want to prejudice what may be going on in negotiations now. So I'm not going to be answering any questions of this. I'll be back Thursday to stand here with you and answer all the questions you want about this issue. Thank you. This indirectly has a lot to do with the hostage deal and what's going on in the Middle East. The decision on what we do relative to Israel, the decision what we do in terms of American funding, of whether we're going to engage with the situation in Ukraine. It all goes to the question of American power. It all goes to, was America keep its word? Does America move forward? There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the, there's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. Wow. Wow. That's your president. The same president who over the weekend speaking in Las Vegas said this on Sunday, cut number 53. You know, I Right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. I was in, was in the south of the field. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And later on, from the German, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, 
said, you know, why, how long you back? He claims that after he was elected president, he went to the G8 summit. He sat down with French President Francois Mitterrand, who's been long dead. I'm telling you, folks. And when asked about it, the self-proclaimed historic figure, Karine Jean-Pierre, the black lesbian White House spokesperson, checkbox, checkbox, um, had this to say to uh, uh, Peter Ducey, and this is cut 78. And how is President Biden ever going to convince the three quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996? I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, what? sir. What is We're going to go. Hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to Mitterrand. Go ahead. In you saw the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Michigan. I'll just leave it there. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole with you. I'm a historic figure. What rabbit hole? You saw the president. Yeah, we saw the president. We saw him today. He didn't know Hamas. We saw him then. He was talking to dead presidents. Yeah, we've seen the president. We know. We know. Did you see how long he paused on two separate occasions to try to remember the name Hamas? Wow, the opposition. <laughs> ah, you know, opposition, Hamas, it's all the same. It's, it's, it's scary. It's scary stuff. And you know what? We're marching towards November. What is it? November 3rd. He keeps saying, I haven't even checked, so I shouldn't take his word for anything, but it's coming. It's coming before you know, it'll be March, April, May, God willing, you know, right on through. And this is what he's going to run on. He's going to talk, blame the immigration crisis on Republicans when it's him going to blame abortion, misrepresent abortion, how Americans feel. It, it's Republicans have the such a great chance to fight back. Can they do it? Will they do it? Are they capable of doing it? I don't know. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. More ahead. Did you hear Tucker Carlson is in Moscow? I'll tell you why. When we come back right here, Steve Malzberg on TNT. TNT's Timothy Shea. The race is essentially now... Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. Ron disappoints us. We'll be pulling his hat from the ring next. And the issue, as always, is why is the Nikki taking so much of the left's money? Well, maybe this will give you a little insight. She credits Hillary Clinton with inspiring her to enter politics, having attended a women's leadership summit at which Hillary spoke. And Nikki said, and I quote, I then had to decide whether I was a Republican or Democrat. See, Nikki has no core beliefs other than doing whatever her globalist masters, paymasters, want her to say. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The truth is, Parkinson's disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. Worldwide, over 10 million people are living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement. And with so many places to search for information, 
it can be difficult to know where to begin. The Parkinson's Foundation has answers. Answers for everyone in the fight. We can help you understand the disease, help you find expert care, give you tips for living a better life, share the latest research, help you find local support, and there's a free helpline you can call. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org or call 1-800-4PD-INFO. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together. TNTradio.live. Online. Online. Online streaming. Be a part of the conversation. I stream it all at work and I stream it to my phone and listen to it wherever I go. TNT. Okay, folks, welcome back. I want to remind you uh, that... um, Last December, Julian Assange's uh, two-day public hearing was announced for February 20th and 21st, which is just a a few weeks away. And that'll be at the uh, UK High Court to determine uh, whether he will have permission to appeal or whether he will be extradited to uh, the United States. TNT is going to be at the Royal Courts of Justice, broadcasting and covering the entire two days, if that's necessary. Uh, Then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London. Um, It's it's a very exciting uh, undertaking. Make sure you're with us. And, of course, uh, lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT. Okay, let me get back to uh, Biden. You heard heard, uh, Peter Ducey mention the concern that the public has over um, the competency of Biden. There was a poll done. Uh, between him, you know, he was in it and, and Trump. And, and um, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, who has the the necessary mental and physical uh, health to be president? Uh, Trump, 46 percent said Trump, 23. This is an NBC News poll out on Sunday. 23 percent said Biden, 23 percent. That was now in September. It was 41 Trump and 38 Biden. So Biden went down, <laughs> Biden went down 15% to, from 38 to 23, and Trump went up uh, 5% from 41 to 46. So I want you to hear about the, uh, some of the other news from the poll. It's um, an NBC poll. This was on Meet the Press. Steve Kornacki is uh, the expert at the board, and uh, Kristen Welker, of course, is the host. Here is cut 46. These are some truly stunning numbers. They really are, Kristen. And let's just start with the bottom line. When you ask folks, hey, if it's the general election and it's Trump versus Biden in our poll, Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden by five points. Compare that to the last time we polled back in November. Trump was ahead then, but it was only by two points. And it's even more significant when you look at it this way. Over time, we have been testing for five years now, going back to 2019, a Biden-Trump matchup. Remember, 2019, 2020, Joe Biden led. He led big in every single one of our polls. For the first time in November, Donald Trump pulled ahead in our poll, and now at five points, this is the biggest lead NBC has ever had in 16 polls for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. And of course, undergirding all of this is this question of, he is the incumbent, Joe Biden. We ask voters, what do you think of the job he's doing? And look at that, Christian, 37% approve, and now 60% disapprove. That is unreal. Those numbers are unreal. And think of the circumstances we're in. Think of the circumstances we're in. The media, nonstop, as they've been doing from day one, but worse than ever, 
you know, Donald Trump is a rapist. Donald Trump is a Nazi. Donald Trump's going to kill his uh, his uh, his uh, political opponents. He's going to assassinate them. He's going to put uh, uh, TV hosts in jail. He's going to close down TV networks. Um, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. It doesn't stop. James Carville, hey, he's got secondary syphilis. <laughs> that was a good one, right? Um, so it goes. I mean, it, it, that's the climate. Non-stop badgering, and then you have the legal issues. The legal issues facing trial after trial. He's been indicted on on tons of charges, dozens of charges, and he's leading Joe Biden by five points. That speaks volumes. Does it guarantee anything? No, no. I don't trust mail-in ballots. I never will. I'm sorry. I like the good old days. I don't like you have two months to vote or whatever. I don't like you, you drop it in a box, you drop it, you come here, you put it there. I like you go to the polls and you vote. That's what I like, okay? Oh, we'll send a ballot to your house and you could just fill it in. How do you know who's filling it in? I, I, look, there's all kinds of things. I don't trust a lot of things anymore. But that aside, how is this possible? How is this possible? More. Here's cut 47. And we should say that is the lowest approval rating since former President George W. Bush's second term. Yeah, and it's put that in further context, too. Bush in his second term wasn't running for re-election. Here's the presidents who were running for re-election in our poll starting their re-election year. What was their approval rating? Bush was over 50. He won. Obama was almost at 50. He won. Trump four years ago was 46. He lost. Look how low Biden's number is compared to those predecessors at this point. Their number's all much bigger than yeah. President Biden's. It, it, it shows you the yeah. improvement Biden has to make here yeah. in the coming months. Uh, the issues that are driving this, too, the economy, no surprise, we've been talking about it, but look at that advantage for Trump, 22 points. Wow. And securing the border here, folks, a very important Trump with a 35-point advantage. The economy is so striking, Steve, because jobs are up, inflation is down, voters aren't giving him credit for that, clearly. Oh, oh. Oh, did you get, do you get points for that? Oh, jobs are up. Inflation is down. Inflation is down. Jobs are up. Again, what has Joe Biden done to create a record number of millions of jobs? Nothing. Nothing. The pandemic's over. That's why the jobs came back. Inflation is down because it's not 9% a year anymore. It's half of that. Whoopee. It's down from what he created. I mean, again, this this misrepresentation, misreporting on purpose, I believe, of all the news, all the facts, but over a 30 point lead on immigration, people would rather have Donald Trump than Joe Biden. Is he going to be able to undo that by lying across the country every day, as he said he would from now till till the election, by blaming Donald Trump for the demise of this cockamamie, disgusting bill? And, and pleading ignorance and not admitting he could he could solve it with his pen? He created this mess with his pen? Is that going to turn around the 30 points? Is it going to get less? Who knows? Who knows? Now, Morning Joe on Monday, because this was Meet the Press on Sunday, Morning Joe on Monday had Steve Kornacki back. And uh, you might expect what you're going to see. Uh, or here, or both. You tell me. Here's cut 61. Is the candidate competent and effective to be president? 
And look, this was Biden's big advantage in 2020. He led Trump on this question by nine points in our poll in 2020. Trump now leads Biden in our poll by 16 points on this number. The simple, competent and effective as president that hurt Trump four years ago and probably cost him the election. It's helping him now in our poll. Well, you know, uh, Steve, there are a lot of numbers in here that are shocking to a lot of our viewers. I'll just say it right here. A lot of them shocking to me. I mean, outrageous. If you look at people saying that what Donald Trump has necessary mental and physical health um, and and who is the greatest, you know, who's best for America across the globe um, and even who's best at protecting democracy. That's a draw. I mean, right. everything cutting again, which, again, uh, for me is is. It's so preposterous. It's laughable. Yeah, you're laughable, Joe. You're 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 sadly laughable, pathetically laughable. Again, I don't see the little asterisk. I don't see the little you know crawl on the on the bottom of the screen. Little asterisk. Uh, Joe Scarborough's brother-in-law works for Joe Biden. Mika Brzezinski's brother works for Joe Biden. I don't see that. Is it me? Like, was I born with a deficiency that doesn't allow me to see that asterisk with the crawl? The disclaimer? I didn't see the disclaimer. Maybe I was born without this disclaimer viewing abilities. Maybe that's it. What a joke. I read somewhere the other day that, um, again, it's easy for me to be to, to, to call up somebody and, and, and plug me myself as well. But I don't know if this is true or not, but the report was, oh, Joe Biden's obsessed with Morning Joe. He watches it every day. Well, that might explain a little bit of it, just a little bit of the, the nonsense that goes on, the, the horrific, you know, again, you know, did Trump's going to assassinate his opponents? I mean, you know, we've heard that from Scarborough. Just... Just insane stuff. Insane. And, of course, who is uh, Joe's brother-in-law and Mika's brother? He's the U.S. ambassador to Poland. Last I looked, he still was. So there you go. You know, got to keep, keep his job, baby. I'm not saying I, – I think, I think Scarborough suffers from TDS, and it's getting – it's gotten and it's getting progressively, progressively worse. You say, oh, how much worse could it get? Oh, it could get worse. It could, there, there are still some names and accusations that haven't uh, been uh, come out of Joe's mouth about Trump. Well, don't worry. He'll, he's may probably saving it as we get closer to the election. Uh, he'll, he'll let himself go. He'll let himself go. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. I want you to hear from uh, Tucker Carlson. Then we'll go uh, to our guest, Gordon Chang, who has a lot to say. We got a lot of questions for him about China. Very important stuff. Don't miss it. All straight ahead. Steve Malsberg right here on TNT. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I really don't understand how this trial between Michael Mann and Mark Stein is continuing. And I don't know if Dr. Mann wanted to put his hockey stick on trial. There are so many holes in his argument. It is hard to believe. I don't even understand how people could have let that out without questioning it. And I've talked about this before. One of the biggest problems I have is he won't let anyone look at his data. At least no one that is skeptical of his data. And that should raise red flags. Now I've talked about this 
many, many times, you can go and look at what the global temperature does. When it's warm in the eastern and central part of the United States and warm across Europe, usually the global temperature is elevated. Now, when it's cold in those areas, believe it or not, the global temperature is actually colder. The problem with this whole hockey stick and the recreation of temperatures from pine cones is the areas he looks at and draws his ideas from are usually cold when the earth is warm. So he would not be able to detect that. He would not know that because he's not a meteorologist. If he was a meteorologist, would he know it? Of course he'd know it because we talk about this all the time. They're called teleconnections. So if I were in there talking about this, I'd be asking, where is your meteorology background and are you aware of this going on? But in any case, this whole hockey stick idea of temperature recreation looks to be more of a hokey stick to a lot of us out there and the first red flag is you wouldn't let anyone look at your data this is tnt climate and weather watchdog meteorologist joe bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather it's the only weather you've got she was reading at a second grade level in kindergarten pod four swimming before she was seven finally convinced mom to get her ears pierced in the third grade Came in second at her fifth grade spelling bee. Drill team in the seventh. And with one stroke of the keyboard. One click of the mouse. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Report a cyber tip today. You're listening to the Steve Malsberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, I welcome you back. And I just want to remind everybody that um, very important. Did you know that at TNT Radio, we never go home? We are committed, folks, to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7 online globally, no matter what. We've got you covered on today's News Talk TNT. Um, okay, we are going to be joined, as I said, in just a, a couple of minutes uh, by uh, uh, by a guest who knows everything uh, there is to know uh, about China. He's been with us before, the great Gordon Chang. And um, recently, uh, I, I played you a, a series of uh, sound bites, testimony uh, given by the FBI director of the United States, Christopher Wray, to a, a Senate uh, committee hearing, talking about what China has planned um, and could very well and apparently they have circled to 2027, three years from now, circled on their calendar as the year it could happen, uh, basically hack us and take everything down. Just take everything down. You know, our electric grid, our ability to communicate, to, to, trans, to have transportation, everything. They're just a nightmare. You know, just a nightmare scenario. So uh, Gordon will weigh in on that. Also, 60 Minutes with a very interesting piece this past Sunday on CBS uh, talking about the, uh, the high uh, percentage and numbers of uh, Chinese uh, nationals crossing the Mexican border. Actually, there's like a hole in the fence by San Diego, and that's where they're piling through. And a lot of reports are that uh, most of them or a good number of them are, are male. They're single men and they, they're coming through. For what? what? What's the purpose of all this? So uh, as soon as Gordon is ready, we will, uh, we will uh, go to him and bring him to you because there's a, a lot to get to. Um, but I mentioned that Tucker Carlson. Uh, let, let, let's, uh, let's, let's play cut 73. It's pretty self-explanatory. 
We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. Okay, so we're going to have more from Tucker Carlson on on why he's doing this interview. And uh, I guess, I don't know when this interview will be uh, available or be aired or on, on X or wherever he's going to air it. But when it is aired, we will bring the highlights to you as you, uh, as you might expect. Okay, so as promised, uh, we are joined by the great Gordon Chang, China expert, author of The Coming Collapse of China and the great U.S.-China tech war. Gordon, always a pleasure and an honor to see you, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you, Steve. The, the great Steve Malsberg. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, certainly. All right, so let me let, me, um, let, me let you hear something that sent chills up and down my spine when I, uh, I played it for, when I heard it, and then I played it for the folks last week, um, about a week ago. Um, Christopher Wray testifying before Congress and it was just downright, uh, downright scary. So uh, here is uh, cut FO1. Now, when I described the CCP as a threat to American safety a moment ago, I meant that quite literally. There has been far too little public focus on the fact that PRC hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure, our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems, and the risk that poses to every American requires our attention now. China's hackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real-world harm to American citizens and communities if and when China decides the time has come to strike. Okay, he was there to ask for money, for money in the budget, to combat this. I need to know from you, Gordon, and I know you've talked about this for a long time now, but on a scale from 1 to 10, let's just say, and then go into detail, but on a scale from 1 to 10, how serious a threat is it for, for what he's describing to actually happen? Oh, about a 20, maybe. Oh, boy. This, this is... This is something which is not a theoretical threat, because on November 25th, um, Iranian hackers took control of part of the water system of Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, which is close to Pittsburgh. Um, it, the workers were able through manual means to get back control of their water, but that showed you what can happen. And at, right after that, um, other utilities, about four others were hit by hackers. We know that last year um, there were Chinese hacks on oil pipelines in the U.S., a port facility. Um, hospitals in November in the United States were hit in Texas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and my state of New Jersey. And we also can't forget May 2021 when Russian ransomware attackers took down the Colonial Pipeline, disrupting airline services and the U.S. car traffic on the East Coast.
So are we in a position to combat this? Are we in a, do we have enough um, uh, of a threat to, 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 to deter? In other words, you, you know, mutually assured destruction when it comes to nuclear weapons, that's always been considered a deterrent. Do we have a deterrent that would frighten China away from possibly undertaking this? Well, you know, we could do to them what they do to us. But if you think about the context of when this would happen in a real world situation, um, in a war, um, it would be the country that strikes first that would right. actually have the great advantage. That's China. So, yeah, we can't deter them in a sense because they realize that they'll get uh, first strike. And, and, and what is it about the, the uh, Christopher Ray said that uh, uh, China, and he made it sound like everybody knows this, but uh, he said China, and maybe I should, has 2027 circled. I mean, is this a, are they, uh, is this an open threat that this is what they're going to do in 2027? Yeah, I don't know the basis for that. I mean, you hear a lot of different dates. Um, the date that sticks in my mind is 2025, because that was... Uh, Air Force General Mike Minahan, commander of the uh, Air Mobility Command of the Air Force, had him in a memo that was leaked last January 27th, 20, January 27th of 2023, said that in his gut that he felt that we would be at war with China in 2025. Um, but it could be any time, could be any place, could be anything. So we've got to be prepared. And we're not. Wow, it is. It is it, it, now I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> it's really scary. All right, let's let's um let's move on a little bit and let's uh, look at uh, what what 60 minutes, some of what 60 minutes had and presented on Sunday. Here's uh, cut F66. Just after sunrise, we saw the first group of migrants make their way from Mexico through a gap between the 30-foot steel border fence and rocks. Ducking under a bit of razor wire and into the United States. We were surprised to see the number of people coming through from China, nearly 7,000 miles away. Careful, watch. Our cameras, and at one point, this armed border patrol agent standing 25 feet away did not deter them. 30 minutes later, a smuggler's SUV raced along the border fence and dropped another group at the same spot. And 30 minutes after that, another group. Okay, what is going on? Why the, and, and is this a sudden influx or is this something that's just been going on for a long time? What, what is, go, why all these uh, Chinese um, nationals coming in to the United States seemingly all of a sudden? Well, there were 37,000 Chinese migrants who were apprehended by Border Patrol last year. That is a 50-fold increase from the number that were apprehended in 2021. Wow. Um, so this has been going on for quite some time, but there's a surge. And there's two explanations going on. First of all, we're seeing family groups come across. These are middle-class Chinese. These are not poor Chinese. These are middle-class Chinese um, who have abandoned everything in China to come live in the United States. 
that shows the desperation. That basically shows the failure of Chinese society. On the other hand, we are seeing packs of Chinese males, groups of five to 15, of military age, traveling without family members, pretending not to speak English, and U.S. Border Patrol knows that some of them have links to Chinese military. And to make this even worse, we saw those images of about a week ago of migrants, Chinese migrants in the U.S. who had just arrived, who were taking target practice at a range, I think it was Idaho or someplace, um, with AR-15s. So really what we're talking about um, are potential saboteurs who are coming to this country to kill Americans. Wow. Uh, I, I mean, you, 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 how, first of all, how did the families get out of China? I mean, is it that easy to leave? It's not that hard these days after COVID. So, um, you know, they can just say we're going on vacation, but actually leaving for good. Um, it's not entirely easy, but it's not difficult for someone who's determined to leave. And a lot of people actually are determined to leave. Um, so, you know, we could have 1.4 billion Chinese show up in uh, Arizona. So should we be just as concerned about these um, packs, if you will, or groups of uh, 10 to 15 males, uh, some of them with Chinese uh, military background and and taking you know target practice to kill americans i mean where where are they going to i mean are we, again are we equipped to handle this threat from china do we know where these people are going do we stop them um do, do we have any sense of of what they're prepping for i mean what, what just walking around the streets how haphazardly killing people or one day when the word is given then they'll all start at the same time i mean what what do you think they're here for I think they're, I think, well, some of them are here just for freedom, but the other ones are here um, as part of a plan and they will attack the U.S. when they get the word. Um, remember that lab in Reedley, California, the one yes. that had at least 20 pathogens, including the ones for Ebola? This was yes. a secret Chinese biological weapons facility. It had almost a thousand mice that had been genetically engineered to spread disease. It can't be the only such Chinese facility in the United States. So you're talking about these males coming across our border. They'll probably link up with facilities. They'll get instructions from consular officials or whatever, and they will wage war on us. So, yeah, we have to be extremely concerned because the Biden administration doesn't seem to care. I mean, this is this is incomprehensible to me. I just read a story where Russia, Iran, and China are going to conduct uh, military uh, exercises. Uh, is this um, is is there added significance to this? Because I would imagine it must have happened uh, before now. But is uh, under the current world conditions and circumstances, uh, should we be uh, should the red alert siren be going off? Well, China is supporting uh, Iran's attack on, on uh, Israel. Um, I mean, Iran wouldn't be able to support the Houthis, the Hamas uh, militants, um, Hezbollah, if it weren't for money from China. China provides, just to give you an example of, of, of this in the context for it, um, in the first 10 months of last year, the volume of China's purchases of Iranian oil was 60% above that in 2017, in the comparable period in 2017. 
2017 is relevant, Steve, because that was the last year before the Trump administration reimposed sanctions on the purchase of Iranian oil. So what we're talking about here is essentially China financing the war. But it's more than just that. We have Chinese diplomats providing um, support for the attacks. You have uh, Chinese propaganda fully behind Hamas. You have Chinese weapons in the hands of all three major militant groups, Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Houthis. So, yeah, this is China's support for it. And, yeah, we should be concerned. And we should also be concerned about those first ever military exercises among Russia, China, and North Korea. Yeah. Let me give you one more. This is Donald Trump talking about uh, China and what he would do as uh, president in a second term. This is cut 50. Where are we with China? How long is China's influence on American politics, American business? Is it possible to decouple or is it just tariffs the way you dealt with it? You use tariffs and sanctions against China. I did, and I did very well with it. As you know, we took in hundreds of billions of dollars in taxes through the tariffs, taxes and tariffs. Is that what you want to do again? I mean, look, the stock market almost crashed when it was announced that I won the Iowa primary in a record. And then when I won New Hampshire, the stock market went down like crazy. So, you know, obviously, I'm not looking to hurt China. I want to get along with China. I think it's great. But... They've really taken advantage of our country, and we turned it around. Now the Washington Post is saying that you're talking about 60% tariffs on Chinese goods. Is that in the cards? Uh, no, I, I would say maybe it's going to be more than that. Okay, is that something that will uh, tame China? Or the threat of that and maybe that actually happening is something that will uh, get China to, to pull the, uh, you know, click the switches? It could get China to do, you know, move in better directions. But we got to remember that the Communist Party believes that it must destroy the United States. Um, and it's not because of anything that we say or do, but it's because of who we are. Because you have an insecure regime in Beijing is worried about the inspirational impact of American values and form of governance on the Chinese people. So the Communist Party believes it'll never be safe until it conquers the U.S., I know a lot of Americans will think that's ludicrous, but that's the way the Communist Party thinks. In May 2019, they declared a quote-unquote people's war on us. And we're Americans, so we don't think propaganda is important. But propaganda and that phrase in particular are extremely important for the Communist Party. They mean to come and take over our country. And we, you know, we're sort of like Pre 9-11, you know, Osama bin Laden says he's going to kill Americans and we just don't care. We do not pay attention to him. We don't do anything about it until on one day he kills 2,977 Americans. And then we say, how did that happen? Well, it happened because we let it happen. Sorry for getting angry, but this really is the same dynamic now with China. And China is so much more powerful than Osama bin Laden ever was. Uh, you could, I, I hope you get angry. I hope we all get angry. I hope our leaders get angry and get smart and, and do something. But uh, if I had a bet, I would bet just, uh, just the opposite. Gordon, thank you so much. Very, as always, uh, extremely informative and, and just so disturbing. And everybody check out gordonchang.com. Uh, and uh, the books again, uh, The Coming Collapse of China and also The Great U.S.-China Tech War. Gordon Chang, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much, Steve. And they can follow me on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Yes, Gordon G. Chang. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. 
All right, folks. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> wow. I mean, so much there to uh, to uh, to 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 go through, starting with uh, Christopher Ray and the border and the military uh, men coming through the border, um, whose task it will be one day to uh, kill us, according to uh, to Gordon. And of course, then the uh, the, the, the sanctions that uh, Trump proposes and everything else. And 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 no and 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 who talks about this? Who talks about this? I mean, we're so caught up in in such minutia that that and and what's the risk of China following through on what Christopher Ray said when it comes to taking down our society through taking out the grids and everything on a scale of one to ten? Twenty? Not eleven? Not ten? Not nine? Not twenty? I mean, if he was looking to make a point, <laughs> he made a point. He made a point. And what we need in this country is leadership that understands where the enemy is, where the enemy sits, what the enemy's capable of, and runs a military in this country like a military should be run, not worrying first and foremost about abortions for, me for military members and, and sex change operations, and not recruiting naval recruits with drag queen shows. Are you kidding? Are we trying to be destroyed? I don't know. I don't know. I've told you, that the person running this government, in my opinion, never had any use for this country, never loved this country. We know his wife said she never loved this country until he was running for president. Michelle, Michelle. So what do you expect? American exceptionalism? There is none. There is none. We're in big trouble. This, this, this China thing is a whole nother elephant in a small room that's already filled with, with, with other elephants and other animals of varying sizes. And it's very frightening. Okay, folks, um, God willing, we'll do it again tomorrow. We'll have more on Tucker Carlson's interview with uh, Vladimir Putin. So as always, you could follow me on Twitter at Steve M. Talk or at Molesburg Show. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. We'll be back here, God willing, tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern, same time, right here on TNT. TNT.